Welcome to By the Fire. I'm your host, Dave Smale, and this is Captured. Chapter 18. The Encampment. The gunman kept them under the sheets for the remainder of the ride. The vehicle made several stops for gas and what Raoul assumed were border crossings, times when he heard the driver speak to someone outside the vehicle in Arabic. After being under the odorous sheet for many hours, Raoul relaxed a bit and even dozed off a few times. He realized their abductors would not go to all this trouble just to shoot them while they were covered by sheets. At last, the vehicle made its final stop. The gunman pulled off Jeffy's sheet and pointed the gun directly in his face. Jeffy's eyes delayed in adjusting to the bright sun which seemed inconsiderate of the vehicle's tinted windows. His eyes widened as they focused on the barrel only six inches in front of his face. The gunman yelled something in Raoul's direction. Raoul's sheet didn't move. He didn't know the gunman was speaking to him. The driver exited the vehicle, opened the hatch, and yanked the sheet off Raoul. Raoul's eyes adjusted to the evening sun which still blazed, being amplified by the nearly white sand dunes all around them. He shut his eyes tight and put his hands up as the driver barked orders at him in Arabic. The gunman exited the vehicle, opened Jeffy's door, and motioned for him to get out. The driver, unarmed, motioned for Raoul to exit and to stand next to Jeffy. The two sailors complied. Shouts came from somewhere amidst the dunes. Seconds later, a group of three men came sprinting toward them, bearing semi-automatic weapons. They joined the gunmen and, after they had exchanged a few words, one of them pointed at the sailors, then toward the dunes. The gunman pushed Raoul forward with the barrel of his AK. The driver shoved Jeffy. They were escorted into a makeshift prison camp slash terrorist training facility, then bound hand to foot with their hands behind their backs. Raoul swept his eyes over the place. A few dilapidated wood huts, a couple of tents which looked more like blankets draped over vertical boards, and one of the terrorists yelled something at them in Arabic and motioned toward the ground. Raoul and Jeffy looked at each other with uncertainty. The man yelled at them again, motioning at the sand. The sailors stalled. I think they want us to sit, Jeffy began. Raoul cringed, somehow knowing what was about to happen. Echrasa! Silence, screamed the man standing closest to Jeffy. A rifle shoulder stock slammed into Jeffy's temple. His glasses went flying. A moment later, he folded to the ground. As if awaiting such a cue, the rest of the men joined in, beating their new prisoner mercilessly. Raoul braced, certain what was coming. It felt like a baseball bat across his upper back. The gunman simultaneously rammed the stock of his rifle into Raoul's stomach. A kick to the back of his right leg caused him to buckle. Raoul twisted sideways as he hit the ground, elbow first onto the powdery sand. Then came the boots striking his torso and back, a feeling he was all too familiar with, the only difference now being that he couldn't raise his arms to block should they kick him in the face. One of the men moved into position to do just that. Before he closed his eyes in a feeble attempt to brace for impact, he saw Jeffy crying. 
Raoul briefly recalled having the same reaction the first time he'd taken a beating like this. He was 14, being jumped into his gang. Raoul shut his eyes as the person behind him alternatively kicked and stomped him. The man in front of him raised his boot to stomp on Raoul's head rather than kick him in the face. A yell sounded throughout the camp. The beating stopped abruptly. Raoul chanced opening his eyes. A new man approached, one he hadn't seen yet. Jeffy was still crying. A small puddle of blood had formed under his head, and sand was caked on an open head wound. The five men loomed over them like lions standing over carcasses. They all stared at the man who'd apparently stopped the beating. Raoul tried looking around, hoping to get a clue of where they were and possibly look for some means of escape. All he saw in every direction besides the tents and huts was sand. The new man on the scene was stocky. He stepped toward the group, spoke something sharp in Arabic, then turned and walked away. The henchman grumbled, then hoisted the two prisoners by the arms, dragging them across the sand. They came to a short rectangular cage past the wood huts. It looked as though it had been made for a circus animal, maybe a tiger or a bear. The cab driver opened the cage. The two men dragging Jeffy tossed him in with full force. Jeffy's back, legs, and arms all hit the back of the cage. Raoul was thrown in in like manner. His shoulder struck the cage latch before he landed on Jeffy. The cage door was shut and locked. The terrorist laughed, spat on them, and walked away. Raoul rolled off Jeffy as best he could. The space was incredibly small, and they both had bound hands and feet. From the inside, Raoul decided the cage couldn't be big enough for a tiger or a bear. It was maybe four feet in height, six feet in length, and three feet deep. The bars were covered in rust, and the floor was rotted splintered wood planks. Raoul saw the last terrorist disappear behind a hut and turned to look at his friend. Jeffy had blood and sand plastered to the left side of his head. Both of them had welts forming on their arms which would become bruises soon enough. You okay? Raoul whispered. Yeah, I think so. Jeffy said, his voice weak. Okay, listen. I don't know what's going down here, but just trust God, okay? Jeffy said nothing. It's gonna be alright. Raoul stopped as two henchmen appeared from behind the hut one carrying a duffel. Raoul and Jeffy sat still and quiet, as if it would help them, or at least prevent another beating. One of the men put on leather gloves, opened the cage and reached in. Grabbing Jeffy by the makeshift ankle shackles, he yanked him out of the cage. The other terrorists shut the cage door. They stood Jeffy on his feet. One man withdrew a machete and sliced Jeffy's shirt and pants, then ripped them off. Within seconds, Jeffy was stripped down to his underwear. The other terrorist reached into the duffel, took out an orange garment, and tossed it at Jeffy. The garment whacked his chest, then fell to the sand. He motioned for Jeffy to put it on. The other terrorist said something to his colleague and rolled his eyes. Jeffy's hands were untied, allowing him to put the garment on, which ended up being like a long tunic or a robe. They rebound him and forced him back into the cage. They repeated the process for Raoul, except for the confusion with untying him. From that misstep, Raoul realized they were not dealing with professionals. This may have been their first abduction. 
Several hours into their confinement, the sun descended and the sandy desert winds invaded the cramped space. One of their captors walked by the cage and tossed in a half-drunk bottle of water. Raoul and Jeffy were extremely hungry and thirsty, having neither ate nor drank anything since they'd left the ship yesterday. They worked together to open the bottle with hands tied behind their backs. It took nearly 10 minutes of careful coordination. Finally, they were able to share equal amounts. Placing the bottle in the middle of the cage with the cap off, each of them would take turns bending down, clinching the bottleneck in his teeth and tilting it upward, being careful not to choke. By now they gotta know we're missing, whispered Jeffy. Yeah, they're probably calling us UA though, said Raoul. UA was the Navy term meaning unauthorized absence. Probably, Jeffy agreed. I wish we were just UA, Jeffy said, his eyes moistening. You think we'll ever get out of here? I hope so, Raoul replied. I think God's got it all under control. Jeffy looked disturbed. Under control? You serious, bro? Then why'd he let us get kidnapped and beaten then? Hey, he never promised life would be easy. Jesus said we'd be hated because of him. Look what happened to him. Yeah, but I don't know, Jeffy sighed. I guess you just never think it's going to happen to you. That's true, Raul replied. I think it's because we live in America, so we never go through anything like this. But these guys, they don't have a clue that we're Christians. They took us because we're U.S. military. They don't even speak enough English for us to tell them we're Christians. I know. I don't think I'd want to anyway. No? Jeffy shook his head. Why not, man? Jeffy looked at him with astonishment. Uh, maybe because I don't want to get beaten up again? Yeah, I get that, but look, they're gonna beat us again. They're terrorists, man. That's what they do. So, if I'm gonna get beat anyway, might as well make it for something good. Being in the Navy isn't something good? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, first chance I get, I'm gonna... I'm gonna tell him, man. I'm gonna tell him I'm saved. Uh, somehow. Bro, please don't, Jeffy pleaded. Why not? I ain't ashamed. Right, I know. But just promise me you won't do that unless they ask you directly. Raoul considered that for a moment and reluctantly agreed for the sake of his friend. He didn't want Jeffy taking an undue beating because of his own zeal. Don't be discouraged, man. We're in this together, and I'm telling you, God is with us, Raoul said, managing a smile. Plus, we're supposed to resist and try to escape. I'm sure you got that training like I did, right? Jeffy gave a half-hearted nod. Escape. Right. And where would we go? We're in the middle of a desert. For all we know, there's nothing but sand dunes for hundreds of miles. I guess that's a chance we'll have to take. We can die trying to escape or die here. What makes you think we'll die here? Jeffy asked. Don't they need us alive? Probably. At least for a while. And then what? Who knows? Maybe they want to trade us for their prisoners or get a bunch of money for us or maybe... Raoul paused. He didn't want to speak what came to his mind next. 
Maybe what? Jeffy asked. I don't know. I'm exhausted though. Think you can sleep? Probably not, Jeffy said. There's not enough room for both of us to lay down in here. But you go ahead. Nah, man. Hey, how about this? Ever seen Forrest Gump? Jeffy nodded. We can do what Forrest and Bubba did in the jungle, remember? They sat with their backs against each other and fell asleep. You want to try? I guess, said Jeffy. It was more difficult than he'd imagined, but they eventually got into position. As they lay against each other, Raul quietly prayed for his friend and for an opportunity to escape. Within minutes, he was snoring. Raul awoke when he heard a shuffling noise. When his eyes adjusted, the sun was only a sliver atop a distant dune. You awake? Jeffy asked. Yeah, Raul said groggily. How long was I out? Not sure. They took my watch. A few hours, maybe? What's that noise? Raul asked. Look, said Jeffy. They saw one of the terrorists shuffle by, headed for one of the wooden huts. The man entered the hut and shut the door. They heard speaking, then grunting. A few minutes later, the man left the hut and disappeared into the night. A sound came from inside the hut, one they weren't expecting, crying. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about our new sponsor for this podcast. Over the past few months, people have been asking me, who designed the cover for my free novella, Safe House, which is available on my website when you sign up for my newsletter? And the answer is Fiverr.com. So if you don't know what Fiverr is, it's an online marketplace for freelance services. They provide a platform for freelancers to offer services to customers all over the world for small one-off jobs or, or gigs. And the spectrum is so wide ranging what these, what these amazing freelancers provide. Graphic designs, I mean, artists, voiceovers, uh, writing and translation. I mean, I've used Fiverr for several things. The reason it's called Fiverr is because many of these services start at $5. So the person I found on Fiverr who did my uh, ebook cover for Safe House, they're called Pro Ebook Covers. And I said, you know, okay, but how many reviews do they have? Five-star reviews. Uh, 38,357 five-star reviews. I'd say that's pretty reputable. And her services started at only $10. She has a few different levels of services, but nothing over $40. So think about that. A professional book cover, $40 at the max. It doesn't stop there. Fiverr has all kinds of freelancers. So if you go to the link in the description in the show notes, and it'll take you right to the person that I was referring to on Fiverr. Now you may not need an ebook cover, but maybe you need a different freelance service, music, video, writing, digital marketing, graphic design, programming. So follow the link, go to Fiverr right now. And if you purchase something, you're not just helping that freelancer, you're also helping this podcast. And by extension, you're helping to rescue people through Operation Underground Railroad and distribute Bibles and give support 
to the persecuted church through Voice of the Martyrs and helped to spread the gospel and world evangelism through CFM Ministries. Fiverr.com. Matter of fact, maybe I should change this podcast to buy the Fiverr. Three days later, to Stanfield, Matthew C., FC1, from McNamara, Roxana E., IT2, subject, Raul. Matt, please pray for Raul. He and the guy he went on liberty with didn't come back to the ship after our last port visit. He had invited me to go with them, but I had duty. So as of right now, they're UA. I don't know what's going on but I've got a really bad feeling about this. I had a bad dream about him last night that he's in danger. I don't put much stock in dreams, but this one felt real. I'm freaking out. Anyway, if you could let everyone at church know just to pray for them, that would be great. The other guy's name is Jeffy. At least that's what everyone calls him. Thanks, Roxy. To McNamara, Roxana E, IT2. From Stanfield, Matthew C, FC1. Subject, re, Raul. Hey, Roxy. Okay, I'll let Pastor and everyone at church know, and I'll pray for them every day. I'm pretty sure he's not UA. We had been emailing back and forth up until a few days ago. He told me about that Jeffy guy. He said that he felt like God put Jeffy in his life so he could lead him to Christ. He was excited to go to Dubai. So don't worry, okay? The truth will come out. God is in control. Matt. You've been listening to By the Fire, and I really hope you enjoyed what you heard. Why don't you let me know, one way or the other? Leave me a review on Apple or on Podchaser. Or you can send me an email, info at davesmail.com. Also, if you go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, you'll get a free novella, Safe House. I'll be back next week with another chapter of Captured. So until then, thanks again, and God bless. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental.